Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Yes, yes, yes. How's it going, man? It's going good, man. It's uh, just got back in town from from a uh, trip up to Springfield, Illinois, went yeah. up to St. Agnes Parish. That's where uh, Abraham Lincoln. I know. I got to guy. do all that yeah, stuff. I, like, Lady Kathy there, that's, yeah. uh, she, she works at the church, and she took me all over the place. I got to see his house where he lived, yeah. and uh, actually the house he was living in when he... Uh, received the presidential nomination and got to go to his building where his first office was, where he wrote his first um, oh, cool. uh, speech as, yeah. as president, and got to go in the old Capitol there that they're redoing. So it was really kind of neat. I, I'm a history buff, so I love that yeah. kind of stuff. And but yeah, I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you to Father Dan and Rich and Kathy and all the folks that came out for the parish mission. And, you know, I'm excited to say that we started another men's group, so we were able to take our new training guide we put together up there and had a meeting on Thursday night with father and about four or five other men that are going to build the team and, uh, and they're going to start the, the four pillars and everything that we talk about in our men's group. So, uh, I'm excited for that. And then of course we're going to walk with them through the ongoing leader training and all the stuff that we're developing that we talk on here all the time. So just, a, it was a, a lot of great people. It was a great time up there. It was a little dangerous getting up there. That was driving through a, a, an ice storm for about four hours. That wasn't fun. But hey, the devil was trying to keep us, you know, from yeah. getting there because we were going to do some great stuff when we got there. So again, thank you to all the folks at St. Agnes, Rich, everybody. It was great to meet y'all, and I'm glad to be walking with you as you grow this men's group. So, for other people out there um, that are looking for this, I mean, this parish saw me on something. They heard the podcast and called and said, "Hey, we want to do that here. We want to start a men's group." Look, there is this is needed in the church, right? The men have just we're either in church and and doing something or we're not and the majority of men out there are not you can look around these parishes and see that they're busy with work or all these other things and we're neglecting being the spiritual leaders of our family and that's the position that god has given us right not only of our families but also of our church our our, our priests need us our wives need us the children need us our brothers and sisters need us so if you have that fire in your heart to start living this life that we talk about here on the podcast all the time you can't do it alone you need other brothers. You need other men to walk with. And so that's why we're going to these places to start these groups is to help facilitate that. Because a lot of times a guy has that desire. But like me and you, Victor, in the beginning, we didn't know what we were doing. Mm-hmm. Like we knew we wanted to do something, but we didn't know what. And we learned along the way. And so what we're really trying to trying to help people with and save people from is having to take all the lumps and bruises we took when we were trying to right. figure it out, yeah. right? Just, hey, we learned this. We want to share it. Here's a format that works. And here's continued... Uh, brotherhood for your leaders with other leaders from around the country and and uh, just continued steps that help you learn how to be a leader. That's the one thing that's missing a lot when people start groups is there's a shiny box with all the content and all that stuff. Content is purposely the last thing I talk about. It's about the leadership, about the team, about the purpose of the group, the structure of the group, all of those things so they can get going. And then content is is what it is, right? There's plenty of content out there to use, including the narrow road if you wanted to use that. But the point is to get men together where it changes their lives, it changes them, it changes the parish, and then it changes the diocese and then the world around them. Right. I think majority men 
want to belong to some kind of group, you know, sure. like we do from friendships to college to senior, whatever, you know, we do something. And even our grandparents, like our f- grandfather's generation had like the Elks or the sure, whatever else, yeah. you know, these groups that they the Shriners had, the Shriners, and things, yeah. the VFWs and stuff as a, as reminding them of who they are and also that bond that there there is. And I don't, not to say there's no bonding going on. Sure. Just, there, there's not the right bonding, the, the structural bonding of, of, of grace and virtue in the sense right. of a life. And, and we need authentic friendships. Right. And, and most men don't have those. You know, it's, it's, you've got friendships of convenience, the person next to you at work or something like that. But men don't have a place to just go and be real and drop mm-hmm. the mask off and just say, you know what, I'm broken. It's okay. Everybody else is too. And then we can, we can work through that brokenness, find what Christ calls us to do and to be. And then we can walk that together as brothers. And so that's what we're really doing out there. It's all about vulnerability, authenticity, and growing your relationship with God, first of all, your brothers, and so you can be a better husband and father at home. Or if you're a single guy, that you can start finding your vocation and live that well. So for anybody out there listening, if you're interested in that, we love doing this. We have openings, you know, some in May all the way to the end of the year. So um, there are some weekends in there that are taken up, but if you want to email in, you can go to justagayinthepew.com. Go to the events and book me page. Go down to the bottom. There's a book me form there. Fill it out. Tell us what you're looking for. And we'll see if we can come do that restored mission and help you get your leaders trained and a group started in your parish. So again, you can do that at justagayinthepew.com. Go to book me and events and fill out the form at the bottom and we'll get right back with you and start that in your parish too, if that's what you and God are desiring for your parish. So thank you for that. Last thing real quick before we jump in the show. Raising money for the studio. We're getting closer every day. So they're about to get what you would say into the dry where they can start drywalling mm-hmm. and running electrical and all that stuff. So it's not going to be long before we're needing to order all this stuff, get it in and start setting up the studio. We've been looking at some 4K cameras and just a lot of different stuff. We've got the list down now and we're just waiting to order it. And the thing that's holding us up is just the cost, right? Um, we've had several people be very generous here over the last few weeks and you know, we've raised uh, a little over $5,000. We need 11000 to kind of get more to get what we need. Um, so if you're somebody there that the show has helped or you want to see more great content, we're going to be doing so many different things, live Q&As. We're going to have in-person interviews. Uh, Matt Frad's coming in to speak at our parish in May. He's going to be one of the first people that's in the studio. We're going to have a lot of great content from that. So we're also going to be using it to put out the training videos to help grow these men's groups, uh, you know, and, and have the equipment to be able to do that. So Look, guys, again, asking you, you for you guys that have generous hearts out there, if you're able to give, please consider doing so. This is making a difference. This is changing lives. Uh, you know, To be able to go all over the country and, and, and start groups, it just makes it, I realize what the Lord is doing with this. You know, This isn't just something, it's not just a podcast that's out there that people are listening to and, and hopefully change their lives. There are things that are happening where we're physically going places now because of what we've been able to do with the show and with the content and stuff. So, guys, we want to continue to do that. Please support us in that way. You can do that a couple different ways. You can go to donorbox.org slash pew. Give there one time, uh, a monthly or an annual. Uh, You can also become a patron if you want to. We still have that up. You can go to patreon.com, look us up there and become a patron. Uh, And of course, uh, there's other ways to give too that you can find on the website if you want to send a check in, things like that. But guys, thank you. I know I talk about it a lot, but it's because I know that the Lord is going to use this YouTube channel to grow the ministry, to grow our reach, and to continue to help men be freed from their sins, freed from all the struggles in life, and become the men that God calls them to be. So thank you for listening to that once again. 
All right, Victor, uh, it snuck up on me, and when this comes out, it'll be in the first week of Lent. Uh, you know, we're a couple of days away from Ash Wednesday when mm-hmm. we're recording this right now. Um, you know, been busy traveling and just realized, whoa, it's Ash Wednesday, like next That's week. Right. <laughs> so it was actually the Fat Tuesday donut ad I saw on TV that reminded me of where we were. But right. <laughs> King cake. Yeah, that's right. In front of you. Yeah, that's, right. that's right. But, you know, I was thinking about um, Lent, and, and you know, we, we've done a couple shows on Lent. Obviously, we've been around a couple of years, and it's, it's one of the greatest uh, liturgical seasons in the church. Um, and we've talked about in the past how we want to make Lent more than just Lent. Mm-hmm. Like, Lent should be all year round. I mean, the church gives us these great reminders through these seasons of times to go in and really evaluate our life, start drawing closer to Jesus, draw into his passion, and then hopefully start living differently our entire life. Basically saying it shouldn't just be for a period of 40 days or six weeks right. or whatever it is. You know, it should be something that sparks a change within within us to live that our whole life. Um, but there's always things that keep us from that. You know, when Lent, I heard it this weekend at Mass, and I've heard it the last couple of weeks. Hey, what are you going to give up for Lent? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? And, and you have the people that say, like, well, I'm going to give up alcohol because I do it every year. It's fine. I'm going to give up chocolate. I'm going to, you know, quit watching Netflix. I'm going to do whatever it is. Those are all great things um, to start looking at. But really what we need to start looking at is what Lent, what is Lent really about? And what is it calling us to? And and you know, Pope Francis has a great quote that I found on uh, on the on the Google machine today mm-hmm. that says, uh, "Lent comes providentially to awaken us, to shake us from our lethargy, right?" And and it really puts that into context like of the, like the Great Reset. Sure, yeah, right. it's what it is. It's not just about like, hey, I'm going to give up something that's inconsequential mm-hmm. to me. Like, there's plenty of things I could say. Well, I'm going to give up watching Fox News. Well, I never watch the news, period. Any channel news, I just don't. So that's not really something that's going to cause me to sacrifice or to suffer or to be uh, maybe experience a little discomfort in my life. Uh, That's just going to be something easy to check a box with. And that's not what Lent is about. Lent's about reminding us to love God more than the things of the world, right? That's basically what this is calling us into is what is important in our life. And so many of us, whether we want to admit it or not, we let so many other things become important to us. Mm-hmm. You know, our jobs, um, you know, our hobbies, our, our vices, all of these different things become more important to us than God. So when we go into Lent, and again, you may still be, look, this is going to come out almost a week after uh, Ash Wednesday. So if you're listening to this and you still haven't decided on something, then maybe this is coming at the right time for you. But we should start looking at things that that really cause us some discomfort. I don't mean like go, you know, stick a needle in your arm, say I'm going to keep this in my arm, you know, right. <laughs> all through or Lent. A, I don't like mean a, that. Some kind of like a sweater like, that makes you scratch or that's something. That's right. Like that. yeah. yeah, I just mean like what is it that's going to cause us mm-hmm. a little difficulty? And, you know, I was reading the the readings from, from Mass today, you know, on, on Tuesday, the Tuesday, or excuse me, the Monday before Fat Tuesday. And the reading was of, the uh, the parable of the rich young man, or not the parable, but the story of the rich young man. And, you know, we've talked about this a bunch of times on the show, yeah. but when I read it this time, and maybe it's just the version in the gospel that, that I read that was different from the last time, you know, read this version of it, but, you know, reading from Mark, it's Mark 10, 17 through 27, it really struck me different today, especially like, man, there's a purpose the church puts this reading here a couple of days before we're about to start mm-hmm. fasting and penance and to go through this season towards uh, the Lord's passion, walking towards his passion with him. So I want to read it real quick, and then I want to just start talking about it with you a little bit about some of the things that stuck out. So it starts off and says, And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, obviously Jesus, 
Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. Do not kill. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have observed from my youth. And Jesus, looking upon him, looking upon him, loved him, it says, and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell what you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. At that, at that saying, his countenance fell, and he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it will be for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at him and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. So, Victor, that's the whole verse that was there today in the gospel, or the whole uh, reading there. There's a lot of things that stick out to me. And the first thing, obviously, is is you lack one thing. Right. Right. So, and you know, and, and to make it more poignant about what we're talking about is that the it's, there's all that one thing that we're always looking for. Remember the movie City Slickers, right? Yeah, Curly sure. goes, the one thing, you know, <laughs> and has that like crooked finger sticking up in the air, and sure. they're all going, what's he talking about, you know? But he's like, when you know, you know. And mm-hmm. that's kind of what Jesus was saying is that he's liking one thing. And, and the thing that is totally beyond my comprehension of, of really, you know, kind of like seeking more into the story because I, I, I like to know more about stuff, but, sure. you know, it's limited. But, you know, like Zacchaeus, we know Zacchaeus because what he did. Mm-hmm. He was totally changed by Christ's interaction with him. This young man who was, sounded like he was a very decent person, very loving, very kind person, but yet we don't know his name because he stopped there. You know, sure. imagine if he said yes, and we would have known who he was. He probably would have been a huge movement within the church, you know, of, of the gospel. His name would probably have been written by Paul. He may have been followed by Paul, you know, whatever. We don't know because he, he we, I think we all want our name to be known by mm-hmm. God, right? And, by, and, and so that's our legacy is to say, yes, I want to do this. And, and he had an internal struggle that kept him from doing it because he didn't know what that one thing was. Sure. Well, I mean, he knew he wanted to follow Jesus, but the, the thing is he couldn't, he couldn't give up what it took yeah. to follow Jesus, right? It's like we all have that one thing in our life that we aren't willing to give to him, mm-hmm. right? That we're not willing to, you know, what, I mean, that we're just not willing to, to sacrifice or to exchange for Jesus, right? And it, it starts to, sing, to sting when we think about, giving it up right like that's the thing and so we all have that in our life right it, it, you may be thinking right now i don't I, I give everything to jesus i guarantee you if you sit down and you start thinking about like what should i really give up for lent for instance we all know like mm-hmm. the things that are keeping us from christ like if you have that feeling like i should probably give up drinking but i mean i just I, there's gonna be stressful and i don't want to be without that then that's probably the thing you should give up mm-hmm. right that's really that's your your prudence telling you like there's, this is something that's an issue in my right. life, or I wouldn't be so quick to dismiss it when it's the first thing that comes to my mind to give up for Lent. That is the gift of the Spirit is telling us like, no, I showed you this for a reason. And if there's any sort of attachment like that, then this is exactly what you should give up, right? This is exactly what's probably coming between you and Christ. And as long as you allow it to sit there, then it's always going to come between you and Christ. You may feel like you're having great days and all this, but 
The point is to try to be as holy as we possibly can, to try to be as righteous as we possibly can, mm. you know, to try to be a saint on earth. Now, we're imperfect. We're going to fall. We're going to fail. But when we see these sort of roadblocks in front of us and our, our spider sense, if you will, starts going off, the, the truth of our prudence and our conscience saying, look, and, and how quickly we go, yeah, that's not, I'm not willing to give them that. Yeah. Well, whatever that is, that's what Jesus wants. <laughs> that's why it's being pointed out to you. Right, that's why you're hearing that within your soul. But for so many of us, we're just too attached to these things, mm-hmm. and that's what happened to that young man. You know, he's sitting there going, "I love you. I want to follow you. Like, tell me what I got to do." And he says, "Do this, 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 and this." Right, the commandments. Well, I've been doing that my whole life. What else? Give up everything that you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Control. Right. Yeah. yeah. Give up everything. Like right. that guy immediately went to the same thing we do when we're thinking about what we're going to give up for Lent. Uh, it's going to make me uncomfortable, right? Like, I, why can't I just give up something small? You know what? I'll just, I'll pray more. Or I won't How answer my, that my work emails after five. How about that? Right. We, right. <laughs> we want to protect those things that we're sure. starting to, you know, that we use in our life as a safety blanket or a cloak or like, well, I don't want to give my coffee up. Like we heard even Father Gallagher, he was making a, ja- a joke yeah. at mass, but he said, uh, I'm not going to give up coffee because my penance should not be everybody else's, right? And he was yeah. making a joke about how difficult it would be for him. But honestly, those are the things that we look at, right? Like, what are the things that we lean on as crutches instead of leaning on Christ? And, and those are the things that we should center on and look at. And this young man, the thing is, like, what it says next is, um, you know, when he says, tell him to sell what he has, it says, at that saying, his countenance fell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, you could just see the guy, like, his whole shoulders and everything yeah. just drop. Like, you asked me for the one thing I was hoping you wouldn't ask me for. That's basically what that's pretty right. much saying there. Because if he left then, at least he's, is that's there for him to come back whenever something doesn't work out. Sure. Right? But he looks at it not simply like, like you're saying, like I can have yeah. somebody watch it. Doesn't mean right. I've got to do this. No, Jesus is saying like, you got to get rid of this. Mm-hmm. You have to get rid of it. You don't get to keep it and come back to it later, which is often the point of what we do with Lent, right? Well, I'm going to give up chocolate. And then you're nailing every chocolate bar you could find like on day 41, right. <laughs> you know, like the day after or, Easter or Easter, you're going like, you're, you're yeah. nailing the kids candy and all that stuff. Or and, it's like in the sense, you know, paying gas and waiting in line at a gas station and, and there's candy bars all in front of me, you know, and that time <laughs> I gave up chocolate, you know, what was, yeah, that, that's or, what I'm or, saying. you know, you, you get drunk as you know what on, yeah. on the day that, you know, you're on Easter, you know, you're just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm out baby. Woo. And you're pounding beers. Like Lent isn't something to see a test to see how far you can go, mm-hmm. right? It's not something to check a box. It's really about looking at the things in our lives that are keeping us from Christ and getting rid of them. That's what Jesus is saying here himself. And the thing is, we can all sometimes look at Lent like it's a punishment and just be like, well, man, that's that that's pretty harsh, Jesus. Why do I have to give up all my stuff? Why do I have to quit drinking? Why do I have to whatever? Well, Jesus, it says he looks on him with love when he tells mm-hmm. him. Like he, when he says this, he's saying it lovingly like, you got to get rid of everything else but me, right? Like, I've got to be what's important to mm-hmm. you. That other stuff's holding you back. I'm not punishing you. I'm looking on you with love and telling you, like, if you really want me, this is what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to give up everything else in your life that's more important to me or that you're more attached to than me. And that's why the young man's countenance fell. The pain of giving up his possessions was just too much. But this is the point. We aren't supposed to love anything else more than Jesus. We're not. And, I mean, I want to read a couple quotes here because – these are from saints and obviously from uh, or from one saint and from a pope and then from a, a, the founder of the Madonna Day House. But this is what they're saying. Like Mother Teresa says, a sacrifice to be real must cost. It must hurt. It must empty ourselves. 
Give yourself fully to God. He will use you to accomplish great things on the condition that you believe much more in his love than in your weakness. Now, what I love about this is she's saying a sacrifice must cost. It must Mm -hmm. hurt. So when we're going into Lent, like we can't just sit here and go, well, I'm going to give up something easy just because it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, it's not a hindrance to me, right? It's not a big deal. We need to be exactly looking, looking for exactly what hurts, what does cost us and giving that to the Lord, because that's what he did for us. He went through all that pain. He went through all that suffering. He went through all that sacrifice so that we could be reunited to his father. You know, for us to sit here and just go, oh, Jesus, I'm just going to give up something that doesn't bother me. That's not what this is for. You know, another quote here, Pope Francis says, Lent is a fitting time for self-denial. We would do well to ask ourselves what we can give up in order to help and enrich others by our own poverty. Let us not forget that real poverty hurts. No, no self-denial is real without the dimension of penance. I distrust a charity that costs nothing and does not hurt. This is, again, they're saying, like, this is something that has to cost us. And it's the same message that Jesus was giving that rich young man. is like, look, okay, you want to follow me? All cards are on the table. Give up that stuff. And he couldn't. So it says he went away sorrowful. Now, the last quote I want to give you on is from um, Catherine Doherty, the founder of the Madonna Day House. She says, Lent is a time of going very deeply into ourselves. What is it that stands between us and God, between us and our brothers and sisters, between us and life, the life of the Spirit? Whatever it is, let us relentlessly tear it out without a moment's hesitation. This is what Jesus is asking of that young man. Again, he went away sorrowful. And this is the way we will spend our Lent and the rest of our lives, honestly, if we don't give Jesus the things that are keeping us from him. And we know what those are. Mm -hmm. Deep down, we know what every one of those are. So... How do we be different? You know, how, how do we make this Lent, you know, as Matthew goes, the best Lent ever, you know, whatever my terrible ca- uh, Australian, Australian accent. But how do we do that by, by really examining this and saying, okay, look at what Jesus said. With love, give up these other things. The, not the easy stuff. Not that he didn't say, look, take your coat off, leave it on the ground and come follow me. Get rid of everything. Now, I'm not telling you, like, you know, try to do a million things at once. But find that one thing that's really hard, right? If it's your money, if it's an attachment to money, give it up, right? Give control of that away. Give it to God and say, you know what? I'm not worrying about that. My money is your money. Whatever it is, but find what you need to do during Lent and do that. We need to be more like the merchant in the, in the pearl of great price, right? That, that, that parable there where it talks about he found this pearl of great price and he went and sold everything so he could purchase that land and have that that pearl of great price, right? He found something he couldn't live without. So he got rid of everything else so that he could have that one thing. This is what the rich young man was being called to do, but he didn't have the gumption to do it because his stuff had too much control over him. So this is what we have to start doing, Victor, is is thinking like, I've found this. Like Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. He's everything. He's If I want a hope of eternal life, then that's where I have to place my hope, right? That's where I have to put my trust, and that's what I have to love the most. So I'm going to give up everything else so that I can have that in my life. And it starts in the season of Lent with finding those things that are the toughest to root out. And as these saints and these great people of the church have said, is to get rid of it immediately. So you're talking about like step-by-step process, and I think we're all kind of identify. Okay, I did one check, two check, but really it's more detail in a sense is, is going deep within yourself to figure out what is it that I know I must change? What mm-hmm. is the things that I've, that's kept me up at night knowing I need to change? What are some things that I know that if I pay attention to it and if I really dive deep and, and ask for help and prayer and rectifying this change in my life, this is probably will, will help me 
be better than I know I you know what I can be. Sure. And and that's kind of what you're telling calling men to do is kind of find that down deep in, within you that you know can if you pull it out, you know, and you observe for what it is, if it's good or bad, whatever, if it keeps you closer from your faith, then you kind of have to let it go. Yeah. You know, and you have to really seek that aid and that help. Well, that's what it is. You have to look at those things, examine them. Why does this bother me? Why does this feel uncomfortable for me? What is the resistance in mm-hmm. giving this to the Lord for Lent? And then look at the at the repercussions of when you're living in that, right? If it's drinking for you, for instance, and you know that you're drinking too much and it's causing problems with your family, with your wife, you're waking up in the morning, you're irritable with everybody, it's affecting your job, all those things. This is this season is is a way to get rid of those things and to start saying, like, I'm gonna give this to you, Lord, because you gave me so much. I wanna be rid of this and I wanna give you my entire life. And this is the first step in that. So, guys, like to start doing this. We need to realize that Lent is a gift. Like, don't look at it as a punishment. Don't get bummed out about having to give something mm-hmm. up. This is an opportunity to offer up to God those things that you need to rid yourself of. It's an opportunity to tie suffering and sacrifice to the cross, right? So look at this not as a punishment, but as a gift. Second of all, realize the reason it's hard to give up the one thing is because you're rejecting the lie that your one thing is the best thing for you, right? Whatever that thing is that you think I can't live without or my life's not going to be as joyful without that, that's the reason God wants it because the only thing that really makes your life truly joyful is him. And if there's anything else that you're placing that hope, that trust, that, 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 um, hope for joy in, then it's never going to be that for you. As Deacon Jeff and I talked about a couple weeks ago on that hope show, like it's never going to be that. So you've got to give that away. And that's why you have that opportunity. And why the church is so, uh, genius in giving this season is to start looking and evaluating ourselves to go into the desert with Jesus, right? To strip ourselves of everything and to go out there and to and and to basically be led by the Spirit and into becoming the person that we're called to be. I mean, Jesus walked out of that desert a different person. It said he was hungry. That's what that verse says. He fasted for 40 days and he was hungry. Jesus came out differently than he went in. That's the hope with Lent for each and every one of us each year. The last piece is, is just realize that Jesus looked on this young man with love. And he asked for the one thing. Jesus wants your good. He wants to give you true joy. He knows the only thing that will do that is him. So he's also here to help you give up the things that are hard to give up in your life because that's how much he loves you. So as we come to the close of the show here, there's a verse I want to read real quick that talks about this. It says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has similarly been tested in every way yet without sin. So let us confidently approach the throne of grace to receive mercy and to find that grace for timely help. That's Hebrews 4, 15 through 16. Guys, I hear that music coming into the show. Look, this Lent is an opportunity for you to change your life, to give your life to Jesus and get rid of the things that are holding you back from him. So let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lent is such an amazing opportunity for spiritual growth. It's an invitation to go out into the desert with your son and face our own temptations. Help us to resist the urge to simply go through the motions this Lenten season. And Father, when you come calling asking us for our one thing, remind us that there's nothing more precious than a closer relationship to your Son. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.